Welcome to Manifit Podcast, where we explore life-sustaining and changing strategies in everything fitness, food, and faith. So pull up a chair and sit at the table with your hosts, Jay Hiller and Jesse Rothman. Hey, man. What's up, buddy? How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm ready to record another podcast for the <laughs> Manifit Men. Yes, so, sir. Yeah. It is on its also. way. But, you know, I was uh, I was scrolling through Facebook last night um, after a long week of work. Mm-hmm. Just doing mundane, kind of no-thought-provoking stuff. And then... I got pre-convicted, pre-hit when scrolling through, and I came across this, uh, not whatever it's called, this post um, that was called, it's called Americanized Christianity. Um, Hmm. And it says, we sleep, we eat, we go um, into work, we show up on Sunday, uh, clap our hands, we say amen, and then we leave emotionally filled, uh, but spiritually empty. Um, we are more in love with the experience rather than Jesus himself. Uh, we have reduced Christianity to goosebumps and butterflies. And, you know, it really hit me because last week we were talking about cravings. We were talking about the dopamine cycle. Um, and in James Clear's uh, book, Atomic Habits, in his chapter, How to Make a Habit Irresistible, when he's talking about the dopamine uh, cycle and that loop, Um, One of the paragraphs he talks about is that um, basically right before we do the the actual act, right when we get the cue, we get that craving, uh, that dopamine is released. And so we get this experience of pleasure. But then once we do it, um, we kind of lose that pleasure. Mm -hmm. Um, And so he goes on to talk about like gamblers, they get a a high from placing the bet, but then once the place, the bet is placed, they kind of like lost the excitement or like cocaine addicts. They get the excitement of like setting everything up, but once they do it, it's just like, it's done. And so I think I know where you're going with this. Yeah. My, you know, I started thinking about that, and one, I got convicted because, yes, I'm like this Americanized Christianity where I just get in the habit of, okay, it's Sunday, let's get up, let's get dressed, let's go to church. Um, and so how how do you think we, how can we, I don't know, carry this over? How can we avoid this lull, this downsize, this Habituation of church? Do what? The habituation of church? No, the the aftermath of going, where it's not just the spirit, the emotionally filled, but how do we get like the spiritually filled, or how do we get the enjoyment of actually doing the habit that we're trying to set forth? Oh, yeah. So I I totally get what you're going for because you almost it, it church. You're going for just the experience. Like you said, you're going for the emotional high. You're looking for that uh, change in the status of the week. Um, I was reading and obviously do a lot of it. Sorry. (laughs) Um, But they were also talking about a similar situation um, with couples 
in which if you're watching a relationship of a couple, they'll sit here and they'll get into an argument and they'll be mm. bickering about something. They'll be angry about something. They'll be passionate about something. And the, and and then all of a sudden they'll get into the actual argument itself with the other individual. And these are people that sit there and said, I love you. Mm. I'm going to spend the rest of my life with you. I'm going to spend this absorbing an amount of money on a wedding i'm going to invite people from across the globe to sit here and participate in this event of how much i love you and that so they are emotionally invested in the in the other individual right Mm -hmm. but when they go into getting into the argument about minuscule things maybe it's the toilet seat that's up or maybe that they haven't finished washing the dishes they go into the argument, but they don't have any emotions, whether if it's on the receiving end or on the delivering end. Like they can be irritated, but like when you're irritated with somebody that you don't have the strongest relationship or connection with, you act differently than if you're arguing with your mom or your dad or your wife or your husband or your or your child. Mm-hmm. And so they were saying, how is it possible in this like argument to sit here and say, I love this person to the nth degree of literally sharing my wealth, my finance or my wealth, my shelter, my goods and my time with, and then you argue with them. And yet you show very little emotions. And their conclusion was that they're so habituated in the response to the frustration and that there's been so many frustrational points within the relationship that emotion has been stagnated. And I think you hear about that with people whenever they say that, oh, well, you've got a wall. You put a wall up. You, I can't get through to you on the other side or uh, you're numb. You're numb to me. You don't hear me and stuff like that. That's where we've created like a, a habit of well i know they're i've irritated them um because they are acting in this way and therefore i just need to endure this or i need to decide to stand up for myself but what they sat here and then took those individuals through um some counseling per se or Mm -hmm. some just guidance whatever you want to call it um they sat here and they said when you actively change your response towards the individual that is having that is frustrated then you're going to get a more connected (laughs) conversation and one way they said and i think it's very good and it makes a lot of sense and it didn't even come from one of the books i was reading it actually came from my pastor and this is how i'm taking three minutes to get back um he sat there and said to go and ask them to tell you more, Mm. to tell you more about the situation, tell you more about their frustrations and how you were a part of that and how you were not. Mm. And they sat and said, don't, don't just serve yourself up on a silver platter and just only have them just lay into you, have them then take a step back and go, how am I not? part of this and that forces some introspective thought and then whenever you think of like church i thought you were going in the route of okay monday through saturday i or monday through friday i go to work saturday i'm doing house chores i'm still pushing i'm trying to get ready for the next week i'm trying to get stuff done so sunday's more relaxing to at least anticipate to participate in the sabbath 
and then we go to church and we're just looking for a performance, right? Yeah, I mean, we are looking for a performance. We're looking to just check something off our list to do. And I think a lot of times, you know, we've learned, we've been talking um, about this the past few weeks is that habits, you know, roughly take up 50% of our, our daily lives. And so our goal or, or what we're trying to do is trying to achieve um, whatever we're looking for out of life, whatever kind of goal we're trying to to go forth, whatever kind of um, personality change we're trying to look for, um, that we're trying to implement things like cues um, yeah. to satisfy you know cravings um, in order to get down the road of, of where we're trying to achieve. But um, that just hit me. That post just hit me because it's like. You know, we just look to really satisfy this dopamine craving, but we don't really think about the the next steps. And so you kind of mentioned that, and I love that from your pastor, where it's like, just go to them and just talk to them and ask them a simple question of, you know, where do I fit into all of this? Like, where, where did I go wrong? Where can I help you? Like, let me better understand. Um, mm-hmm. And that's just... A, one a hard thing to do because we have to be vulnerable and yeah in our lives we don't like to be vulnerable but yeah two it's actually an easy thing um to do because all we're doing is asking a question we don't have to go out of our way we don't have to go buy anything uh we don't have to make a special dinner uh, we don't have to like try to rekindle the romance it's just a simple question of asking you know, what's going on? How is this my fault? How can I better help? Um, and I think James Clear <laughs> makes it clear um, <laughs> that uh, that in order to get a better response to what we're trying to develop, what kind of habits, cues we're trying to form to, to satisfy the craving of doing it, the response really needs to be simple really needs to be easy kind of straightforward yeah yeah so i i I, i'm with you there we gotta sit here and make sure that we remove distractions we sit Mm -hmm. here and clear the space or clear the air to sit here and engage into that habit whenever we're considering that and to use your your example of uh going to church and sign it kind of making sure that we take the next step and not just experiencing that, um, that uh, dopaminergic response and that cycle from the music and the lights and the, everybody else has their hand raised and the <laughs> emphatic tone of the pastor and just going in there. I think the best way to clear and have that response in towards church and have that experience doesn't start at church. It starts Mm. at home. Mm. And when Mm. I say it starts at home, remember uh, I was talking about how you don't serve yourself up on a silver platter Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, tell me more. You then sit here and say, how do I not fit in? Well, Mm -hmm. the opposite is what we're talking about. Church church from what that post was saying is church is working really hard to do their part. Mm-hmm. Get the lights, get the music, mm-hmm. get the tone, get the atmosphere, get the people. Make sure that you have the ability to sit here and watch church from home, be able to watch church from mm-hmm. church, be mm-hmm. able to watch 
from church within different rooms when you're not in the auditorium, they're working really hard at giving you the opportunity to connect with God. But I believe where most of us don't do a good job of making it clear for our response is we don't sit here and set our internal environment. Mm. And so when we set our internal environment, I mean, Saturday, a lot of people sit here and say, well, that's my first day of the weekend. Um, It's my only chance to stay up and still relatively sleep in without responsibilities. So let's sit here and let's stay up or let's sit here and let's go out and let's have a couple bevies and which not saying there's anything wrong with having a a drink or two, but I am saying that if it's impeding your uh, intentions the next day, then we, you should probably consider internally if that's what is what you want to do. And then also making sure that you're not like jumping up at like 30 minutes until it's time for service and scrambling to get there. I mean, Whenever you set your mind right and you sit here and you prepare your own cue to get yourself ready emotionally, mentally to sit here and receive the um, spirit of the Holy Spirit and to allow your heart to be spoken to by God, then that is where the other half of that response when you go to church and you can really get that that full connection. And then that connection is not just you attending church for butterflies and lights. It's an actual availability for God to do something in your life. And when he does something in your life, it will transcend Monday through Saturday and it will get back to Sunday because you and I and everybody else that's listening, we're just human and we're trying to be as consistent as we can. But the only person that is consistent is God. And whenever he sits here and reaches into our lives and changes something, it stays. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's beautifully said. It's um, definitely just trying to uh, take away the distractions, like you said, and and if you can uh, change the way you view things, um, not just our example of going to church, but even like work, even uh, the way you view eating, the way you view exercising, if you can change all of that um, in your mind, then you're going to have a higher success moving forward. Um, And so the, you know, I, I really, man, I just think about, um, well, could I jump in there and, 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 tell you an experience that I had. Yeah, please. So one of the big things that I always try to do the best, and you mentioned that I ran a half marathon um, last year and actually this year. Yeah, this year, (laughs) back in February, um, was I had to improve my water intake. Mm -hmm. And water intake, while, yeah, it sounds like simple, it's actually really hard to master. And and the premise of if you consume a crap ton of water right at the end of the day, you're going to be getting up and going to the restroom in the middle of the night. And then you're going to get have to go in the restroom in the beginning of the day and you're going to be exhausted. And then you're going to feel worse the following Mm -hmm. day only because you consume too much water at the late uh, too late at night. Sure. Um, The other is just as difficult. If you don't drink enough water throughout the day, your next day's performance 
is worse and you're in a more dangerous uh, spot because you're dehydrated. And when you're dehydrated, your body doesn't function well. You can overheat. You can have heat stroke. You can sit here and have heat illness. You can have muscle cramps. You can sit here and you're, you won't make adequate decisions. You won't sit here and uh, necessarily be able to uh, – combine multiple factors that are uh, inflicting your day. And so my experience was I didn't drink enough water and I ended up having poor sleep the, mm. that night. And then I ended up waking up and I was like, I'm going to go run. And so I put on my shoes and I knew I was dehydrated. So I chugged uh, probably about 25 ounces of water, just boom, right off the bat, woke up and drank it and i went for a run well the worst thing about it is i got about three quarters of a mile into my first mile and i had to use the restroom (laughs) and i was like oh lord i am three quarters of a mile because i literally just chugged water and i've got to use the restroom (laughs) man i turned around that was the fastest mile i've ever done i mean i hit a sub eight mile to get back to my house because there's no way i'm stopping in my neighbor's yard and sitting here in uh fixing the problem and so i got back to the house and i was like i'm exhausted and i didn't even do my plan of a five mile run and so when i stopped to think about that we can sit here and create our environment and where i really failed was i didn't set my environment for my response and so i i only had one water bottle and so the way that i sat here and made that change to make my response easier is i started putting water bottles for like around the house. And I'm not saying I'm drinking these water bottles. I'm just saying intentions of water to be seen Sure, because we perceive the environment as either accepting or as dangerous. And we can either sit here and set our environments to cue us to the direction that we're trying to go, Mm -hmm. or we can sit here and just go about life in hopes that we run into it at times. And so I found that if I sit here and put a water bottle next to my bed, a water bottle next to my sink, a water bottle um, in the kitchen, and then I leave an empty water bottle in my car, I'll sit here and I'll really consider drinking water a whole lot more. And that's just another way to like for listeners to sit here and like think, how can I adjust my environment for the simple things of like what I'm trying to do of just like a, a healthier habit? Yeah, and I think um, you bring up a good point in that story uh, without probably even realizing it is you didn't know if what you were doing was helping or hurting until the next day. And so it it really brings up this idea of either, again, immediate return uh, from your environment or delayed return from your environment. Mm. Um, And so we live in a society and really the habits that we're going to be forming um, are going to give us that delayed return. Um, and I think you you were talking to me about this, um, about how there's actually good research out there that shows uh, a delayed uh, kind of onset or a delayed gravi- gratification um, yields a better result. Yes. So um, they've been studying a lot of like students. Um, they're kind of easy to study at college. They stay in one location. <laughs> Um, you give them a little investment. money. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. You get money. a little bit of money in there and they then, need money and they're like, yeah. yes, I'll do anything. Yes. <laughs> so they were studying and 
they were trying to see between making good grades and making poor grades. And they sat here and they found out that the more often than not, an individual that's willing to participate in delayed gratification, they will sit here and they'll perform better in classes and in tests because they're going to actually give themselves the reward later. Mm -hmm. And even a step further in that same kind of um, experiment and discussion with those students, their rewards were intrinsic and not extrinsic. And what I mean by intrinsic and extrinsic, extrinsic meaning I give you a cookie for completing your homework. Mm -hmm. Intrinsic means you complete your homework and you as an individual sit there and say, well done, pat yourself (laughs) mentally on the back kind of situation. And that can honestly kind of transcend, in my opinion, uh, multiple areas of life. And Mm -hmm. you sit here, and especially as a parent, you have to participate in delayed delayed gratification and and also participate in intrinsic gratification. Because Mm -hmm. when you're trying to be a parent and you're trying to be uh, working with your kids, they're not always going to respond the way that you expect them to. They're not always going to participate in the event or the task that you want them to. And also, even more often than not, that task is going to get harder or it's going to end up being broken apart or be taken from 30 minute task to a 45 minute task simply because your child's participating. And so the idea of the reward in which it's a intrinsic reward has to be really strong when you're considering um, working with other people because (laughs) people from what I know and what most other people that you talk to sit here and say, people are the greatest friction towards your goals. And what I mean by that is you, you, you talk to people and they're like, Ugh, people are just so frustrating or I'm tired of people. I just can't wait to be by myself. I'm a loner or I'm uh, just somebody that wants to be by myself. Well, why do they say that? Because other individuals aren't responding in the right direction that they Mm -hmm. expect them to. And so they try to remove themselves so that their habits, their intentions and their directions can be perfect and it can be in one direction. And so it's important that you kind of look at your rewards and kind of assess, okay, how can I make them more intrinsic and how can I decrease that friction? of others and the environment in and of itself. Yeah. I mean, I think um, in my, in my perspective, I think yes, a hundred percent, like the intrinsics are probably going to be kind of the fuel that keeps you going forward. Uh, But I do think an extrinsic reward is still very vital. Vital. It's still something that you need to set ahead of time that you say, if I do this, for two months or whatever, then I'm going to reward myself with this. And so um, I really think hard. So me and my, my wife, we were um, went to PT school, went to a private school, which meant we have a bunch of debt coming out. And so we, we set out. Now, PT school, does that mean pain and torture school? <laughs> uh, to the vast majority, that's what that means. <laughs> um, I, actually, funny, before I get back on, on what I was talking about, I had a, we have some new technicians at our, our clinic, and uh, one made a comment yesterday, and he was like, 
you know, the most common thing I hear from patients is that y'all are torturous. Um, <laughs> it's like, and they tell us you need to have a certain mindset to do physical therapy. You need to enjoy hurting people. And I'm here to say that it's not true. That is I, very I not hurting, true. I hate hurting people, but I'm not afraid to hurt people if it will. It's for their benefit in yes. the long term. Delayed gratification. Delayed gratification. <laughs> um, but back to, to what I was saying about me and my wife, you know, we were trying to get out of multi six figure debts. Um, and so we went along this process um, from a guy named Dave Ramsey, which I'm sure people mm. have heard about. Yes. Um, but he has a financial, financial peace university. Peace. Yeah. Financial mm. peace university. So his, that's his whole goal is like, um, when trying to get out of debt, every penny you, you have, every penny you earn has a place. And the, the goal behind that is to get you out of debt where you're debt free so then you can start living free. And so that's what he would encourage is that you live um, like nobody else. So you live really poor so that one day you can live like nobody else and be generous and how you give and do the things you want to do. Um, but in those early stages, you're doing this delayed gratification. You're not going on trips. You're not eating out. Um, you're saving everything you can or putting it towards the debt. And you do uh, what's called a debt snowball. You hit the lowest debt and then that snowballs to the next debt and so forth. Mm, uh, yeah. But he was very um, good about saying you need to reward yourself. When you finish a debt, uh, I mean, if it's just a small debt, like, you probably don't do anything big, but if you pay off like a big debt, so like when we paid off my wife's, uh, her portion of her debt from school, you know, we went on a trip, we saved ah. up some money and we went on a vacation. Um, and then when we paid off my debt, you know, we did the same thing. We saved up some money and then we took her parents and my parents on a vacation. Um, so it's this, this sense of that if you can just hold out, if you can do what you need to do, um, but give yourself knowing that there's a reward coming, then you're more likely, I, I feel, and from personal experience to succeed because you see the end at the, the light at the end of the tunnel. So let me ask you this. Um, you definitely created a, um, a reward, an extrinsic reward, and it was definitely successful and, mm -hmm. uh, congrats. Um, <laughs> but, um, was it was it the idea of it being a goal at the end or was it the day by day that you could see yourself getting closer to the goal um that yeah, really generated momentum for you and what made the end the end reward so special yeah i think it's it's that you know that seeing the end come near yeah, makes it more exciting. You know, we could mm. have gone on the trip, and the trips we did weren't like anything too, you know, exciting by by probably social standards. You know, right, right. I mean, I mean you but, just paid off your debt, so yeah. But it was, uh, it was just that sense of once you hit there and you're able to do this, it was kind of a sense of freedom, mm. like you finally accomplished this huge task, and uh, to. <laughs> kind of just forward push kind of how, you know, habits, even past eccentric uh, 
rewards, they keep staying around. You know, there was multiple things that we wanted to do once we got out of debt. Um, one being that I wanted to get fed for golf clubs, but I'm like, we're at a good place. My golf clubs work fine. Like, I haven't gone to do that. And we're still in this habit of saving, saving, saving. And so the goal is that, you know, by the time we're 50, um, by the time we're 60, you know, that will be, you know, quote unquote, millionaires um, with our assets and stuff like that, that we can then start living uh, a life without, you know, too much worries. Yeah, but you got some time to go. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's not anywhere close. Like, I mean, we're, we're, we're years down the way, but uh, we've set ourselves up, you know, after talking to people, especially coworkers who are 40 or 45 and are just now out of debt. You know, we're 10 years, a decade younger, and we're um, already on that step to being, um, you know, quote unquote, again, millionaires um, and living a life, you know, where we can um, you know, give things away freely and with gratitude and, and take our parents to do stuff that they haven't been able to do because they were sacrificing for us. Um, you know, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, intrinsically, but set extrinsic yeah. you know, values that, um, that really kind of drive that us and support and keep, keep the savings and the diligence with our spending going. Mm. That, that, that's, that's a fantastic story. I know for, I already know that story and I think it's a great story and I enjoy hearing it because of your success. Um, and I hope others do as well. And it makes them kind of seek out that, that level of independence and freedom. Um, but, um, I was just thinking, um, that, that mindset of using the extrinsic rewards, um, it, it, it can be utilized in other ways as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking of my wife and she loves lists mm-hmm. and she will make a list and she tells me not the way that I operate, but um, she operates on as I make my way down the list, I feel like I'm gaining momentum. I'm mm-hmm. being productive. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm generating a forward push towards where I know that I'm trying to go. Mm-hmm. And all of that, that style is also an e- extrinsic um, kind of direction, but it doesn't require like a trip uh, mm-hmm. of somebody. Mm-hmm. And um, just I think, for, I think that's an intrinsic extrinsic that, that spurts intrinsic motivation. Yeah, and, and and that's what I was uh, kind of getting towards. So I'm glad that I kind of directed it is maybe the conclusion of rewards is utilize the intrinsics of, uh, of knowing yourself, knowing oneself, mm-hmm. and then put yourself in an opportunity to snowball your own motivation mm-hmm. towards an extrinsic goal. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, well, I, I shouldn't use the word goal because we just sat here and spent so much time of discussing goal, but, <laughs> um, a habit, a, sure. an extrinsic reward that would be uh, for the positive habit. Like you, you said, uh, finance and my wife would be productivity. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could be utilized as for um, a, a cleanliness of a house or even for um, athletes. They sit here and uh, end up participating in a game because uh, the old 
premise of practice makes perfect, even mm-hmm. though there is a very interesting study about that. Um, yeah, no. that's out there. Yeah. What's no, no, I was just agreeing. Yeah. Like, um, huge, um, you know, studies out there that show that it's truly is more like repetition when trying to develop a habit versus just like thinking about it. And James clear talks about, um, being on the go versus yeah. doing the task and being on the go is just sitting there thinking about it, making all these lists, um, and, and wanting to achieve something, but doing the task is actually going down the list like your wife would do. And that develops that kind of, uh, intrinsic, extrinsic, like motivation to keep going. And so, uh, he talks about, a, a study done where a professor, a photo, a, uh, art professor, a photography professor was looking at, uh, two different classes. And he told one class that you're only going to get one grade, um, and so you, you only have to submit one photo, um, but it's going to be graded off of that. So they spent the whole semester going through thinking what their idea of a perfect photo was, uh, versus he told another class that X amount of your photos will get a X amount will get B X amount will get a C. Um, and so they took all semester taking thousands of photos. And what they, he saw that surprised him was that those who took, more and more photos were actually um, better photographers because they learned how to um, do light exposures, how to different do different angles, and they learned what worked and what didn't work. Um, and so my encouragement um, from reading that was that it's okay to make mistakes. It's yeah. okay to yes. not get things right. Um, you're learning your body, mm. you're learning your intrinsics of motivation um, and without actually doing it and without actually like for you, without actually, you know, setting water out in different positions throughout the house uh, so that you could cue yourself over and over that like, hey, I probably need to take a sip of water. Without doing that, you were you would have never been hydrated enough and prepared enough to finish your, your half marathon. And so... Yeah. So I, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Um, and I, I've really enjoyed this like series of talks whenever we've, we've really dived into habits. We started with the cue, we went to the craving, then we went to the response, then we went to the rewards. And I mean, that's truly what a habit is, is it, it's taking you from what it's, how you got started to the end result. And literally we've gone through the, like the science of what it means. But one thing that I think that you and I can continue to, and what our next episode is going to be is really a discussion of uh, holistic um, habits that are paid our people listeners. Sorry. I was about to say <laughs> patients um, can sit here and kind of emulate and think about in for their their own life and so uh to those who are listening i strongly encourage you to start thinking of different ways that are um able to sit here of where you want to see yourself become better at and and in creating your own little habit and jesse and i are going to come back and we're going to be revisiting some of our own 
habits and different ways that we utilize them in a day and how we eat, how we work out, how we sit here and encourage our, our loved ones, and then how we sit here and diligently do it in faith. And mm-hmm. the other thing that we're also going, looking to do is how do you break a habit that you no longer want? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say bad habit because a bad habit is suggesting on a direction, perspective. Um, but if it's a habit that you don't want, we have to learn how to make that effective habit ineffective. And yeah. that's something that I think a lot of y'all are really interested in. And we're going to sit here and discuss that as well. So we're going to take the positive. We're going to take the negative, um, And we're going to meet somewhere in the middle. And we're going to sit here and talk about more to come. So um, as always, if you're interested and you have questions for us or have topics that you would think would be great for us to talk about, hit us up on manifit22 at gmail.com. Or you can hit us up on our socials, which are Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, Twitter, and um, Jesse, what yeah. is our uh, website uh, yeah, that so, we've got? So, yeah, so currently um, our website is acast dot com forward slash manifest um, but we also have a platform on anchor that we may be just switching fully over to anchor um, we still gotta talk and, and discuss all that but right now you can get at it's at both of those uh, websites you can look anchor go to anchor and uh, for our search for manifest um, or you can go to uh, acast and search for manifest also awesome um so As always, um, may God bless you and keep you. And I hope that y'all have a wonderful rest of the week. And we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Manifit Podcast. Check out our website, www.acast.com slash Manifit, or like and subscribe at Manifit Podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have questions or want to just reach out, you can email us at manifit22 at gmail.com. And as always, may God bless you and keep you.